Welcome to Digital Health Talks. Each week, we meet with the healthcare leaders making a measurable difference in equity, access, and quality. Hear about what tech is worth investing in and what isn't as we focus on the innovations that deliver. Join me, Megan Antonelli, and my friend, Shahid Shah, for our weekly No BS Deep Dives into what's really making an impact in healthcare. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our session today. We're really excited to be here to talk to you about healthcare interoperability 2.0. I'm Michael Ames. I'm Senior Director for Healthcare and Life Sciences at SADA. Really pleased to have Amy Waldron with me, who's Global Director of Healthcare Industry Solutions with Google Cloud. We're going to talk about quite a few things around healthcare interoperability and how we should be thinking about it for the future. Amy's going to have a piece in the middle. I'll let her introduce herself a little bit more then. So let's talk about vision a little bit. One of the fun things about working with Google is being closely involved with people who have big ideas and big vision all the time. Sometimes I can tell you it'll sort of run away with them. About five years ago, I was heading up a project to integrate a bunch of healthcare data for a university and a couple of hospital systems. We'd had some trouble getting launched on an on-premises system, and we had this kind of new idea that maybe we could take this to the cloud and get some advantages. And we started looking at Google Cloud. Google got excited about this because there wasn't a lot of healthcare work happening on the cloud in those days, and they came out to talk to us and to talk to us about vision. And we sat down with some of their brilliant engineers who started pitching to us great ideas. They're like, hey, if we do this right, we could figure out how to get it so that the doctor and the patient can have a conversation in the room and it'll automatically hear everything that they're saying and create clinical notes and map that to terms and terminology and things. Wouldn't that be great? Or, or here's another idea. We could use artificial intelligence to go out and scan all your possible data sources, find out the ones that you probably actually care about, catalog those things for you, and build new predictive models out of them so you can help clear diseases. And they started, they were running off amazing idea after amazing idea after amazing idea until finally I was like, okay, whoa. It is cool to imagine this bright, bold future. We got a problem today. I've got two hospital systems. They're both running Epic. They've got data in Clarity. I would just like to basically copy those records into a single database where I can query it with SQL. Can we do that? Can you help us with that? And, and the answer that day was unfortunately no. And I'm like, guys, the vision is too big. Um, it's exciting what you can do, but you need to understand we are nowhere near the point where we can even begin to talk about the exciting, innovative things that you're talking about. You got to give us some baby steps to get here. And they went away. We, we, we ended up launching that pro project on Google Cloud. It went very well, but it, it was a much more mundane sort of data integration and basic analytics project. So I'm on the lookout always in our industry for those moments when the vision is too big, when maybe it's a little bit too far ahead for what we're really able to do right now. But I'm also on the lookout for our tendency as an industry to not recognize when the big vision is actually attainable today. We're gonna to talk about healthcare interoperability 2.0, which is something that we think is attainable today and is important for all of us. So talking a little bit more about this, I spend a lot of time with 
CIOs and CTOs and directors of informatics and innovation from hospitals all over the country. It was really interesting talking to them about interoperability. They're up to speed better than anybody on the 21st Century Cures Act, the interoperability and, and information blocking requirements. And they know that we're supposed to be moving into this world where data can move around more freely, but it's interesting how often they don't seem to understand why. And their execution on a possible exciting new vision is limited because they're really stuck in what we think of as interop 1.x thinking. And the reason I put 1.x is because healthcare has been doing interoperability for decades and it has evolved multiple times now. We're not saying that there's been one thing and now there's another thing. We're saying that there has been a lot of iteration on what has been essentially a single vision around a single set of goals. So technically, in Interop 1.x, the, the technical goals were let's just get the internal systems talking to each other so that we aren't running paper or faxes between departments in our own facility. Uh, data integration was about creating longitudinal records for patients so that we could see all of their data from all of their treatment, typically within our facilities, but at least we'll get everything together in one place. We cared a lot and there's been so much good work. I read, I read a statistic recently that 90% of patients in the US now have the ability to go access their records through their healthcare providers. And that's been a great advancement in patient-centered care. Of course, we care about clinical care quality and improving that quality through moving data around automatically, again, instead of writing things down. And, and ultimately, by building interoperating systems, we think that we can reduce operational costs, which then feeds back into all of the other good things that we want to do in healthcare. Interoperability 2.0 is a bigger vision, but it is totally attainable. Across these same set of goals, here is what could be accomplished if we really embraced the vision of the Cures Act and of fire interoperability and of all of the things in the cloud and other things that we're talking about now. Our technical goal come, uh, changes from connecting internal systems to actually connecting to external partners. Data integration is no longer enough just to say, great, we've got a longitudinal record for this patient. We want to create entire analyzable population cohorts, not just with the data from our clinic or our system, but with that 360 view that Amy will talk a little bit more about social determinants of health and other things that help us to understand how to care for these patients and to, how to care for them at a population level. The patient-centered view goes from just let them see their record and have insight into that to how do we enable them to take part in this exploding digital health ecosystem to get more control over their care by the things that they decide to install on their phone or their watch or how they communicate with their providers. Ultimately, clinical improvements can go beyond just incremental changes in care quality to leapfrogging current standards of care and financially far beyond how do we reduce operational costs. We can create entire new revenue streams using the data and the systems that, that are already at our fingertips as we work to bring those data together and to enable their sharing in new and exciting ways. This is, a, this is a big, bold new vision when looked at all together, but in fact, it's entirely achievable today. Amy's gonna talk a little bit more about what we're trying to accomplish as we seek to pursue Interop 2.0. And then I'm gonna talk just a little bit at the end about how we go about actually doing it. With that, I'll turn this over to Amy. 
Thanks, Michael. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Waldron. I'm the Global Director of Healthcare and Life Sciences Industry Solutions with a focus on payers and providers. Spend most of my time working with payers and providers around the globe as they're working through individual use cases with the cloud, but also creating their digital transformation strategies. So I'm going to share what we're seeing today. And, and clearly, um, I think everyone really knows that in the past year, we've had witnessed unprecedented change across the health ecosystem and really saw data come to life as we've tried to support our communities. More now than ever, data and technology have been tapped. Now, analyzing complex healthcare data, it's not new. However, the key here has been an acceleration, not only of the use to solve pressing issues, but also the acceptance of cloud. And this is just a few examples of where we work with organizations across the ecosystem to do some pretty remarkable things over the last year and a half. So at HCA, and this was something that Michael um, at SADA and our team worked on, we worked with them on a data portal to help communities respond to COVID-19. And really the challenge here was we had to ingest data from thousands of sources in order to create real-time analytics, understanding the supply and demand and the needs of the communities they served. For the state of Missouri, we partnered with them to help them with their forecast demand and optimization of the supply chain for PPE, obviously in order to keep people in their um, organization or people in their, um, in their area safe. And then with Harvard Global Health Institute, collaborated with them around the COVID-19 forecasting models that so many of us have used. And then last but not least, we worked with Schrodinger to explore and model more compounds, expediting the drug discovery timeline in order to save more time and more lives. So really all of these projects centered around ingesting data from both internal organizations as well as external sources. That's really the power of the interoperability capabilities that have come out today, harmonizing them and being able to leverage AI and ML to generate near real-time analytics to solve big problems. The improvement of data interoperability solutions and the acceptance of cloud really pos positions us to offer a whole new level of value, not only for consumers, but for the clinicians and the communities at large. So this next slide is going to be this flashback, I think, to Michael's, this vision is too big. Well, we really believe that from where we've come from, we're emerging from the pandemic with a perspective that the industry really can pivot and focus on using all of this data to support healthier lives. And we can do that as an end of one. We've been an industry in the past that's looked at segmentation based on geography or based on age, but given the data that we have today, we're seeing some amazing investments around the ecosystem, both from disruptors as well as legacy partners and looking at how are we investing in the patient and member experience, improving engagement, adding value to support wellness, while better managing chronic conditions and enabling home health and more. The end game is each individual person living the life that they wanna live. And this may seem daunting to some of you, especially as we've spent a tremendous amount of time addressing the near-term issues of COVID. The good thing here is that the models are changing and a lot of partnerships across the ecosystem are taking place that we can all benefit from. And so this requires interoperability and information flow that works for consumers, 
clinicians and our communities as a whole in a world that's becoming much more digitally connected, which you'll see on the next slide. So this is what we're looking at with regards to information flow and what's being created today. We're already seeing the connected customer, but the reality is that we're gonna have a whole lot more of them around the globe with 43 billion by 2023, really enabling healthcare everywhere. And that data, it's no surprise, it's getting bigger. Healthcare generates 30% of the world's data and still remains the fastest growing industry for data. So there'll be no shortage there. The key is how do you turn that data into information? And that's where we're looking at AI-led innovations. The AI health market will reach 6.6 .6 billion this year and will be delivering real-time insights for consumers and clinicians while feeding data-powered innovation. The question we shall be asking ourselves is how do we make sure this information is connected? And as Michael mentioned earlier, if you go to the right-hand side of the slide, you'll see personalized patient care. There's been tremendous investment across the ecosystem, both across payers and providers especially, on creating longitudinal patient records, being able to become much more predictive and personalized and patient-centric care. And this is where we've seen a lot of collaboration between payers and providers where the, the health plan space has really focused on teaming with healthcare providers on the analytics and generating analytics and programs to help look at a community and to help look at programs such as chronic care management and delivering that teaming to manage the risk of populations with you know, the payer and the health plan collaboration. And then last but not least, we have industry 4.0. Smart manufacturing is happening everywhere. And it's on the backbone of cloud. This collaboration is now gonna create over two times the value within the ecosystem. The imperative here is for the industry to turn this all of this data into information and value so that the consumers can be supported on their health and wellness journey, really flipping over the, um, the way care is being delivered today to be more proactive and care anywhere versus waiting until someone is at an acute stage entering the hospital. So if you look at the next slide, this kind of shows how our individual consumers and patients and members, depending on their role, they're surrounded by data. And we have the opportunity as an industry to think through not only what our organizations can develop, but also where, where we can partner, whether it's with ISVs or other people in the ecosystem in order to provide a, an improved experience, improving engagement, improving outcomes, creating that true customer-centric model and workflow integration. Workflow integration, integrating into a customer or patient or member's life, but also workflow integration with the clinicians and all the other caregivers in the community. It's possible, and if you look at this slide here, you can see, you know, with information pulled together, you can predict and prevent diseases with personal health data, the integration of genomics, demographics, medical records. You can improve adherence and support recovery with remote monitoring and sensors. You can help deliver better administrative efficiencies for hospital and health workers, improving scheduling, claims, records, and care management, support clinicians to optimize clinical workflows for treatments and interventions, enable faster diagnosis and personalized care, and also help detect and manage health conditions. It's very powerful here. And with the cloud and with partnerships and interoperability, we really have the ability to secure the data, to manage permissions and access control, and provide a lot more value while protecting their privacy. 
So as we look at turning this into use cases, again, Michael talked about this big vision, sometimes looking too big. Well, the reality is there's a tremendous amount of use cases that really will make faster sense with this proliferating data by using cloud technology and interoperability technology. So population health means prioritizing patients and members based on their home health device readings today. Payer and provider collaboration that provides real-time actionable insights directly into the EMR workflow when needed. Health equity means screening opportunities based on clinical data and social demographic factors. And decentralized clinical trials where you actually can identify a patient fits into a, a, pro a, um, sorry, <laughs> a trial when they're still in the doctor's office. And lastly, real-world evidence means making sense of all the data, not just claims. So just to kind of map it out in the world of the ecosystem on the next slide, all of this data that's getting created, organizations need to reimagine how they can actually take these clinical workflows and close gaps through the patient care continuum. This requires a secure, scalable, intelligent data foundation. So data from one interaction can actually inform other interactions across the care continuum with interoperability and AI and ML capabilities that are built for healthcare, we can do this. You start off with use cases and kind of that, that big vision and, and we can get there. So it's exciting to see how far we've come. Now, granted, a bit pressure tested with COVID, but we have come a long way. And in the last one or two years, we now are at a spot where the products and solutions and capabilities within the cloud really can provide the industry with secure, scalable solutions that will help take projects that used to take six months and 12 months and actually accelerate them into six, nine, eight week periods, which is really phenomenal. So with that said, I'd like to turn it back to you, Michael, to talk about how we make some of these game changers work. Great, thank you very much, Amy. You know, as you were talking, you, you mentioned AI a couple of times and I got thinking another, another sort of insight into the Google brain that I can share as sort of an outsider who, who, who's closely involved is, while this probably isn't literally true, it's a useful model to, when you think about Google Cloud to think that all they care about is, is machine learning and artificial intelligence. Like at the end of the day, it's Google's life mission to, to enable the rest of us with those tools because of Google's own success and their own you know, 25 year history at delivering solutions based on those technologies. And everything else that is done and all the capabilities that are out there are sort of designed to help you get there. So I can talk a little bit from experience on how I stumbled a little bit on the right things that now inform my perspective on, on Interop 2.0. Going way back, I was just new out of college. I got recruited to a little dot-com startup and we got like a foosball table and some awesome office space and we sat down to think of the quirkiest funniest name that we could that would get attention and help get us on the map our couple of founders brilliant guys unveiled to us this company is going to be called savvy sherpa and and we all sort of <laughs> kind of chuckled a little bit at that but they were like no no you need to understand we are guiding people through their data and we're doing it in really intelligent ways savvy sherpa is perfect now i share you that 
not to advertise that company, but because it mattered. Now I left that company about four years later and 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 took a took a, a winding interesting path through medical device and academic medical and other areas of our of our industry and ultimately found myself responsible, as I said at the beginning, for this data warehousing project with a couple of hospital systems. Can we just get the data out of Epic? up somewhere we can write SQL queries against it. If we could do that, that would be a big step forward. We did that. We launched it on the cloud. We were able to meet those basic expectations, but what we didn't realize, what I didn't see at the time was how important some of these other Interopt 2.0 things were going to become in terms of being able to share and move data external to the system in secure and compliant ways. Until after having not even heard the name of that company, for probably 10 years, I was sitting in my office when the architect from one of our partner hospital systems walked in and said, yeah, it's really great that we've got all the data up there in the cloud. What we need you to do is create some secure environments up there so that we can get access to it from our data scientists at Savvy Sherpa. And it, it knocked me on the floor. I said, wait a second, Savvy Sherpa in Minneapolis? As though there could have been two of them in the world, right? There was only the one. They'd come full circle to doing ML-based analytics on healthcare data, and this hospital system that we were partnering with was doing incredible innovation work there. And what was enabling it? But the fact that we had utilized forward-thinking technologies to get the data into a place where they could safely, securely share that data in an environment that would help them to, to scale and keep it secure and do all the things that they needed to do while keeping the data safe. So that informs my view as I talk about what we should be looking at in Interop 2.0 for platform requirements. One, cloud-based secure and fully managed, that's not even like hot and new anymore. That's table stakes. If, if you're trying to accomplish this by installing something in your organization behind your firewall, you are just building your tech debt, and that's going to undermine your goals for innovation. Second, I'd also say table stakes based on open standards. If you are adopting an interoperability platform that requires you to adopt specific proprietary tools in order for any of it to work, then you're going to be building interop for your interop platform. Now, nothing is going to be plug and play, but get as close as you can to make it easy to exchange data with your partners and others. Multilingual is really important. There's a misconception out there that fire is rocking and rolling. Pretty soon we'll be out of HL7. This misconception is not on the part of healthcare providers. It's more on the part of ISVs and others who want to consume this data. Friends, we are we love fire, but we're a long way away from it being uh, of the lingua franca, franca. That's going to be HL7 v2, and especially for streaming data and real-time data, it's going to be HL7 for a long time. But you've got CSV and DICOM and CDA and, and so many other things out there, and it's important that we speak all of those languages. Finally, you, you will do work implementing a platform to make all this data interoperable. And in the course of that, you'll be doing things like harmonizing from a semantic perspective and other perspectives, getting the data all nicely aligned and organized. To walk away from that from an analytics perspective is an unforgivable waste. Don't leave the data on the table and don't go building separate data flows to enable interop and analytics. You'll be repeating effort that you put a lot of work into the first time around. This, these uh, requirements are met by a number of, of products and platforms that are out there on the market today. I, I'm going to walk you through Google's solution for it, not as a sales pitch, but just so that you can see that these things are real. Because again, our thesis here is that the vision is not too big, that you can accomplish this today 
with tools that are out there today. High-level overview of Google Cloud's healthcare data engine. This is a turnkey solution that provides out-of-the-box HIPAA-compliant security auditing, logging, um, ingest data in whatever source it's in, harmonizes it to an open standards fire store that you access with the open standard OAuth protocol and query with the open standard REST-based web services to, as defined by the fire organization. That data becomes available for interop uh, interoperability among and between and outside your organization to others under, under rules that you can configure and consider things like patient consent and other things, and ultimately streams in real time out to an analytic database. More technical view for, uh, for the nerds in the audience who are most of you. On the left side, we've got data coming in in a number of formats being processed on Google Cloud and going out to external systems for interop capabilities via Fire, out to Google BigQuery for scalable analytics and reporting. And finally, in the red box on the right, to come full circle back to Amy's comments on AI, once that data that you've invested in for interoperability purposes is there in BigQuery, it can also flow into Google's Vertex AI platform, which is the world's leading platform for developing and productionalizing predictive models on any kind of data. So we're excited about this because we look at this and we see, yeah, all of these great things that we think we can do with interoperability 2.0, we have the technology now to enable. And we're, we're excited to see where we as an industry can take this. So I would like to thank Amy for coming to, to uh, join on this presentation today. Thank all of you for your time in coming to attend. We look forward to, uh, to working together to do some great things in a vision that is not at all too big. Yeah, and one closing thought here as well is that COVID has had a lot of people um, working tirelessly on their needs today. Uh, keep in mind, a lot of things across the ecosystem have evolved when it comes to cloud computing. A lot of great new solutions and capabilities have been created. So, you know, please, what didn't exist two years ago might exist today. So be excited about the possibilities and the opportunities and, and the teaming throughout the ecosystem to really make a difference. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for joining us for this week's Health Impacts Digital Health Talk. Don't miss another podcast. Subscribe at digitalhealthtalks.com. And to join us at our next face-to-face -face event, visit healthimpactlive.com.